0: Hi, I'm Tierney Parker, your financial educator, and this is Funding an Empire. Let's talk mindset and money. Well, today we have quite an interesting topic. I think you're going to like this one. We're going to discuss. Your money personality. Whoa, what does she mean by this? Okay, hold on to your horses. Your money personality, we're going to actually discuss today, we're going to discuss five of them. And you're probably thinking, What does money personality have to do with me? What does me knowing my money personality have to do with me building my empire or funding it? It has a lot to do with it because mindset is everything. So we're going to go into details about each of these five money personalities. And as I go into details, I want you to listen with an open mind. I want you to be honest with yourself and I want you to choose the one that best describes you. Now, when I'm saying the money personalities, you may find that one or two actually describe you, not just one. It doesn't matter. Just find the one that describes you the most, and we're gonna stick with that one because I want you to do something with that at the end of the show. So are you ready? Let's go. So money personality one that we're gonna discuss today are spenders. and I'm going to read the definition of what a spender is, which we probably all know, but I'm going to read it anyway. You believe money is made for spending. You don't let costs get in the way of something you really want. Now, I have um, a soft spot for spenders because I used to be one. But I also know the destructive mind thought or mind patterns that spenders have that can hinder them for successfully building and funding their empires. So if you're a spender, if you're the type of person where you gotta have it when you want it, it doesn't matter the cost. If you're the type of person where you're, you know, you're so caught up in being led by your emotions when it comes to making financial decisions, not by facts like your budget, then you're a spender. If spending n- gives you a thrill, you know, you're, you're in the mall and you're shopping or you're thinking about going to, you know, get this great thing that you've been thinking about for a while. And it is just I mean, you're just so woo, you're just so on fire about it. It's nothing wrong with it. However, if you are a spender, it could lead you into dangerous waters because you will not. Do what is necessary for you to be able to save because spending is your thing. If you're, you know, you have money, it's, it's coming in, you know, you're thinking, okay, this money is coming in. I really don't need to worry about it. I can do what I want. Well, you should kind of worry about it because you never know when that can change. See, a lot of us, when we're in the good times, when we're having our money's coming in like we want it we don't think about the time where it could stop. So we just live spending as if tomorrow is gonna be that way and the next day and the next day. One day you're going to have to give an account to yourself and you're gonna have to think to yourself, okay, if I would have saved the way that I should have when these times come, I would have had the money. You don't wanna get in that predicament. So that's why it is important if you are a spender, When you look in that bank account and you see money, the first thing that comes to your mind is, I gotta go get this and I gotta go get that. Instead of, I need to save this, then you're a spender. Let's go to the next personality. The next money personality is a saver. So let's read the definition for that. You hate to part with money. (laughs) You rather save as much as you can. When you do spend, you always look for the best bargains, the best deals. Now savers are very interesting because savers are the type of people where they know they got money, but nobody else does. (laughs) They know they can go out and get anything they want, but they they count the cost. Before they go out and they do different things, they always count the cost savers love to look at their bank accounts and see their money (laughs) they love seeing those dollars and they love that more than going out and just spending they will go out they may like certain things but they will think about buying that item they will actually go home and think for about 24 to 48 hours on that item before they actually make a decision they don't make hasty decisions And so savers are the type of people that you want, you know, in regards to, or you wanna be in regards to your uh, vision of your money. You wanna be that saver. You wanna be the one that count the cost. You wanna be the one that if you wanted to, you can go out and get whatever you want. And you do spend things on uh, spend your money on nice things when you want to do it. But you also have a savings. You have a foundation. You have an emergency fund. You understand the importance of it. So savers, if you're that person, good for you. The next one is the secure one. So let me read the definition for those types of people. You don't like to take any chances with finances. You prefer to spend your money on ways that will secure your financial future. Ah, now these are like. Secure ones write the vision and make it plain. They write out their financial money story or their financial plan. Or they have a financial advisor that does that but they know what's coming in, they know what's going out. They are more concerned with saving for the future. They know that hard times may come. They're not thinking about today and only today. They're thinking about today, tomorrow, and in the future. They have their eyes on their financial goals and they know how to accomplish them. They're more concerned with building assets than going out buying the latest bag handbag or the latest foot attire or the latest whatever, car. They're more concerned with building a nest egg than anything else. Mm, Are you a secure one? Do you have that personality? You are such an, an incredible person in that it doesn't matter what people say, you know your dreams, you know what God has told you, and you do not value the opinions of others over the opinion of God. You don't. You understand what God has given you, and you understand you need to multiply it. Secure ones are the ones that they have a bigger picture of their financial destiny. They're looking at their picture. They have a strong imagination in regards to what they want that picture to look like, what they want their future to look like. Doesn't that sound like something that you would like to be or have that type of personality if you don't? So secure ones, that's a good place or good personality to have. The next one are risk takers. So let me read the definition. You like to live in the moment. When you see a good deal, you might not stop to consider the impact of your financial decisions in regards to how it will impact you and your family. You don't even consider that. Now, it's nothing wrong with being a risk taker in other sense of that word, meaning, you know, you're not stagnated, you're taking risk, but you're counting the cost. This type of risk taker, you're not counting the cost. This type of risk taker will leave their job because they believe that God gave them a vision to have a business, and God may have gave have, may have given them, you know, the dream of having this business. But instead of preparing themselves, they just leave their jobs. Instead of staying on that job and saving up and preparing themselves to be equipped to handle or carry out the vision of having that business, they just up and leave because they're risk takers and they are fly-by-nighters and they're just gonna go out there and just do it because they believe that this is what they should do and they don't care if it affects or impacts their family negatively. They don't care if it impacts themselves. They have this dream and they're gonna run with it. Risk takers, if you're like that, if that is your personality, you may have had some issues in the past of of actually stepping out and it didn't work out. Or you may be going through that right now. I want you to take a step back if you are going through that right now and evaluate and make some real critical decisions on bringing money into your home or doing things that you need to do to prepare yourself. It's all about preparation. No one wants to stop you in fulfilling your dreams. No one, or they shouldn't, but you have to make sure that you're preparing yourself, that you're not making hasty decisions just because you have this feeling. Or God may have given you the dream, but prepare yourself. So the next one, the last but not least that we're going to talk about, which is a very interesting one, personality, shall I say, is living my best life personality individuals. I'm living my best life today and I'm not thinking about tomorrow. So let me read the definition. You don't really concern yourself with money or get caught up in saving or or spending. You'd rather take it day by day. Que sera, sera, whatever it be will be. <laughs> that's you. So if that's your personality, your money personality, you're just living day by day. You don't care, you know, you're not concerned with money. You know, you've, you're just, you know, okay, I have it or I don't have it. I'm just gonna live day by day. Whatever happens tomorrow, let it happen. I'm not going to plan. I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to trust and believe God. And there's nothing wrong with trusting and believing God. But faith without works is dead. Okay? so you have to do your part. You have to partner with the Lord in doing those things that you need to do. So if that's your personality where you're living your best life, no one is trying to stop you from living your best life. We are just saying, or I'm just saying, make sure that you're understanding that tomorrow will come. One day, if God continues to bless you, you know, blessed and highly favored one, you will live to be 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. And if that is the case, if you continue to have that personality trait where you're living your best life and you're not thinking about tomorrow, you're gonna end up hurting yourself and your family. So think about that. So now that we have read the definitions of all five personality traits, where do you stand? Which one fits your money personality? Which ones do you relate to? As you can see in reading the personality traits, Some of them have a more healthier relationship with money than others, but it doesn't matter where you begin, it's how you end. That's what I want you to to think about. So one thing is important by understanding your personality trait. One thing I want you to keep in mind is mindset. It's all about mindset because psychology and money go hand in hand. So no matter which personality trait you are, whether you are a saver or a spender or what have you, it's all about mindset. It's about your thought patterns. It's what is, it's helping you become or have that personality trait. So I'm gonna read from my book, Funding an Empire, What My Parents Didn't Teach Me About Money. (laughs) I'm gonna read the definition of mindset. So Webster's definition that I put in my book basically defines mindset as a habitual or characteristic mental attitude that determines how you will interpret and respond to financial situations or situations, period. How do you respond to financial situations? How do you respond when it's time for you to make financial decisions? What is your response? Because every financial decision that you make is either leading you towards lack or increase. Lack or increase. Always remember that. So when it comes to your mindset, when it comes to you having a strong mindset, a strong and successful mindset when it comes to financial uh, concepts, that will help you and building a strong empire, because that's what we wanna do. So if you are a spender, risk taker, or you're the living my best life personality trait, mental strongholds may be your issue. So what are mental strongholds? Because you know, you've talked about this tyranny, because I know you're you're saying this, if you listen to my podcast, you know. I've talked about mental strongholds in the past, So today I'm going to just give you, you know, a basic definition in regard to mental strongholds, or I'm going to tell you what they are. I'm just reading straight out of my book. So mental strongholds can be behaviors, attitudes, or thought patterns that are paralyzing. They're paralyzing you from being able to understand truth. Mental strongholds will enable you because it it actually hinders you from accepting truth. It makes you powerless in accepting truth. truth. It, it, it actually helps you to lean towards making wrong financial decisions because you do not accept truth. So what are mental strongholds? Well, first of all, Let me just go back and just tell you how mental strongholds are actually formed. So mental strongholds are invisible barriers in your mind that that are formed due to environment, family, peers, music, television, media, what have you, or trauma. Even if you uh, have been taught financial concepts as a child, if you have mental strongholds, it will still hinder you. So, now that we understand that, let me go on to tell you some of the mental strongholds in, re- in regards to finances, some of them, what some of them are. So, mental strongholds can be identified as procrastination, complacency, fear. Lack of self-worth. Indulgence. You just got to indulge. Greed. Control. You're very controlling when it comes to money. Yet, whether you have it or not, you're just controlling. (laughs) Pride. Pride is a big one. Nobody can tell you how to spend your money or how to manage your money. You're going to do it the way you want to do it, how you want to do it, and forget everybody else. Even though you're going down a hill and off a cliff, you have a mental stronghold. Stealing is a mental stronghold. Laziness is a mental stronghold. Stinginess, that's a mental stronghold and selfishness. So if any of those that you're operating in, you have identified, then what I want you to do is not get upset about it. Because let me tell you something. Some of us don't even realize that we have those strongholds because no one ever told us about them or, you know, we just never thought that they, we never thought that we were dealing with those things. We had a, we have a blind spot when it comes to those things, but yet we're making unwise financial decisions and we don't know why. We don't have a clue why, because these destructive thought patterns, these mental strongholds have been embedded in your conscious and your subconscious, and you're you're just going through the emotions because now they're coming out in your behaviors, they're coming out in your attitudes, they're coming out in your financial decisions, And you don't understand why so if you're sitting there thinking okay tyranny you got me i see it i don't want to admit it (laughs) but i see it and you're trying to help me what do i do because now you've kind of highlighted some things and i need to think about it okay well the first thing you should do is create your own definition of wealth. Why is that important? Because one of the reasons why we have mental strongholds or why we keep entertaining them is because we're watching other people and comparing ourselves to them. We're seeing them in big houses or, you know, buying this and that or having this type of business or having this type of career. And so we want to covet that instead of trying to figure out, God, what is it that you have for me? What is my purpose? What? Why do you want me to have the money that I have? Why do you want me to save and, and to be great at managing my money? Why is that? Because I know there's a purpose. It's not just for me to live a comfortable life, but there's a purpose behind me having a great relationship with money. You have to ask yourself that question. What is the purpose? And by writing your own definition of wealth, you it will kind of balance you. It will keep you, you know, standing firm on your belief on why you are, you know, building wealth, why you're building assets. It's not for anyone to, you know, it's not for you to boast or not for just your own gain, but there's a bigger purpose. When you come to understand that, money will come easily to you. Not only that, you'll have the right mindset when money comes. You'll know how to manage it and multiply it. It's not going to be an issue because you understand there's purpose behind your money. So now let's get back to having your own definition of wealth. So in having your own definition of wealth, I want you to write down Your definition of wealth. And what I mean by that is I want you to evaluate what is important to you when it comes to building wealth. What is important? What is isn't? Why is this important? I'm trying to find where I wrote in the book (laughs) about definition of wealth, but I can just tell you. Okay, so my definition of wealth or your definition of wealth could be. I want to make sure that I have enough money to not only take care of myself and my family, but anyone else that may be in need. I want to give to charities or to church or to, you know, organizations that I believe in their vision. I believe in what they stand for. I want to be able to do that. I want to not only leave a legacy of assets and but I also wanna leave a legacy of spiritual value as well. I wanna make sure that I'm, you know, my definition of wealth is not only teaching, you know, my loved ones about money and teaching them how to extend that money from one generation to the next, but also about having a strong spiritual foundation and understanding who they are in God, who they are in Christ, understanding that they have a purpose because when you have money and you understand your purpose and you understand who you are, then your life, your legacy will extend far beyond your years of you living here on earth. It will actually creep down into your, your children and your children's children, because you have your own definition of wealth and you're teaching that to your family. You're teaching that and you can tell them, look, you can have your own definition of wealth and you can be flexible with it because your definition may change over time. But as long as you write down something right now and then roll with it, you teach it to your children, you teach it to your family members, and then you just, you keep, you know, developing it. And you stick to it you're not going to worry about anybody else you're not going to compare yourself with anybody else because god has something special for you he wants you to build assets he wants you to build money because there's a purpose for it he has something special for you now in understanding your definition of wealth or knowing your definition of wealth You also have to remove those strongholds. Now, you can't just sit there and identify them (laughs) and not remove them. I mean, really, you don't want them to just hang out in your mind and your subconscious now that you know that they're there. So how do you remove mental strongholds? Well, I can't tell you what someone else did. I can only tell you by experience what I did. What I did was I went to my heavenly father and I asked him to help me. I prayed to my Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. I actually wrote down what I saw because the worst type of deception is self deception. So I wrote down what I saw and I went to him and I prayed about it. I got scriptures to back up what God says about me. This is not me. This should not be in my psyche. This should not be in my mind. So I need you, Lord, to renew my mind. What does your word say about renewing my mind? What scriptures can I actually quote and meditate on where those strongholds would be removed? If you're not, if you don't know the Lord like that, you're like, that's not me, Uh, you know, I'm not doing that. Okay, that's up to you, that's your prerogative then you may have to go to someone and have what we call an accountability partner that will help you and being accountable when it comes to your finances. It could be your spouse. It could be other family members. It could be a, a peer, a friend, someone that you trust. You can actually go and talk to a financial advisor. Financial advisors are very good and making sure that you stay or you have the right mindset when it comes to money, because they not only want you to build, you know, your assets and, you know, and and grow. They also want you to have the, the right mindset. And they know that any individual that has the right mindset will stick to their financial goals. They will stick to their financial plan. So going to a financial advisor is not a bad idea if you have strong mental strong if you have mental strongholds that you need help with another thing is you know and I I do mention this in the book some of you may just have to go to a therapist you see I said this earlier psychology and money goes hand in hand and some of us have dealt with traumatic experiences in our past that it's actually affecting the way we handle money. It's affecting our money personality. So you may have to go to a therapist and talk it out. Find out what are your issues, identify them with that therapist and talk to them about some of the things that we talked about, the procrastination, the complacency, the fear. And because even though you may be dealing with those things and you see them in your relationships with people, They can also be creeping in 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 regards to your money as well. So now that we've gone through money personalities, now that we've gone through identifying mental strongholds, what they are, how to actually remove them, now the choice is up to you. It's up to you. You have the power to change or modify your financial destiny. The power is yours. So I want you to remember this. Wisdom is your sister and understanding is your relative. This is Tierney Parker helping you make wise choices in funding your empire.